welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. It's June 17th, 2020, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Today, we are sitting down with two dear brothers, Alex and Daniel, who come from a country in Asia, the same country where there are millions and millions of people that are unreached. It's also a country that has been uh, devastated by COVID-19, not just from infection, but from the effect of sending migrant workers abroad and so much mass migration migration throughout the country. The vulnerable have become more vulnerable. And these dear brothers have been feeding uh, the, the most vulnerable in their communities. These are dear brothers that have committed to fighting for orphans and vulnerable children. And I'm just grateful for us to hear this update of how the Lord has been working through the devastation, how the Lord has increased their ministry and their opportunities throughout the devastation. I know that you will be blessed to hear from Alex and Daniel. But before we do hear from them, I want to let you know about the Journey magazine. We have a free Lifeline alumni magazine called Journey. It's specifically crafted for our alumni families. And this summer's issue focuses on counseling and therapy. And so if you're an alumni family and you don't get your copy of Journey Magazine, please let us know so that we can add you to the mailing list. If you're an adopted or foster family and you'd like to receive the copy of Journey Magazine on a regular basis, please let us know at lifeline at lifelinechild.org and just in the subject line, put Journey Magazine. And maybe you're not an adoptive or foster family, but you'd still love to receive the Journey Magazine. Again, email us at lifeline at lifelinechild.org to sign up to receive this awesome publication. Also, if you're an alumni family and you have a milestone or something that you want to celebrate in the life of your family, please email us at milestones at lifelinechild.org. Again, that's milestones at lifelinechild.org to let us know what milestones you and your child are experiencing. Well, I am so grateful to be joined today on the Defender Podcast by two dear brothers, uh, Brother Alex and Brother Daniel, and both are serving their nation uh, in Asia uh, with the gospel of Christ. And that ministry has uh, been going on for a long time, the ministry that the Lord has given them for the vulnerable, uh, for the needy, uh, as well as for the orphan in their country. Uh, But COVID-19 and this global pandemic has both been challenging, uh, but it's also given great opportunities for them to serve and to increase in the ministry that the Lord has given them. And so, uh, Brother Alex, uh, if you will, first, uh, talk a little bit about how you have seen this pandemic affect your nation, uh, your state, and specifically your city and region. Thank you. I would say that... uh... Uh, it was more than COVID. Uh, it was about starvation. It was about labor. It was about walking uh, hundreds and thousands of kilometers. It's about uh, women's giving birth, the child in the streets. It was about uh, people dying on the streets, on the uh, railway stations, on the train. Uh, it was more than COVID. It was the disaster in a different way. And um, the positive part was that uh, 
before podcast uh, started uh, brother uh, bishop uh, daniel was sharing about uh, uh, bringing few girls 85 girls from coimbatore to uh, jharkhand and you know there was a christian network called loving the migrant workers that came together and they took hold of the most more than 95 cities in india <clears throat> i was one of the person who called uh, who approached the chief minister of jharkhand when i came to know about those girls you know, that they are stranded there and we all did bit part what we can do and when in our place because pakur is uh, declared as the most backward district of india uh, by the planning commission of india in december itself so you can imagine most of the laborers they go outside pakur to earn their livings because pakur does not have uh, uh, much crops also they have one crops in a season uh, uh, maybe in a year so labor goes out so it was a big disaster and um, i would say that god may gave us an opportunity to serve them to know them and stand with them love them uh, as i always say gospel in action mm. the gospel was shared through our action uh, which was uh, important we had only few cases of uh, covid 19 and by grace of god today three of them three of them get got cured and the child who got cured uh, when he came to pakur from gujarat his family mom was pregnant and the child and the child's father i our team and i was the indu uh, person who went and gave him a packet of biscuit sasunas came to know that child has a covid approached me sir you gave biscuit to that child we subscribe to get a safe in uh, in uh, negative part where people were uh, wondering lost hope for the future lost hope for the one time meal god brought us into action to be a little bit a light that we could show to them brother daniel um how have you seen this pandemic affect particularly uh the region that you live in this has been an extraordinary uh time where we have never seen something of this magnitude uh in the last 30 years at least and what it has done is it has it has completely shattered every single hope that people have in the systems in the processes in the in the infrastructure that we have what it's done is it's taken families that have that go to work every morning earn a living come back and uh, who depend on on a daily wage to 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 eat and live now they have no food to eat so this is in a massive scale where where homes are with vessels without food there are there are uh, there are there are uh, stoves where where mothers wives are cooking food without uh, they ha- they have those stores but they don't have food to eat so that's the reality of our time and and it's what it's done the other big extraordinary thing it's done is it has put all the people who are working outside the states right there are there are thousands who are working outside from the villages to go to the cities to work today they are they are in a situation where they cannot come back home because of the lockdown 
And so with desperation, because they have no hope where they live, they have to walk for hours, walk for days, on the roads to come hot mid hot part of the month, which is May, come back home. And, uh, and when they come back, their faces are completely parched. Many of them, uh, half of them actually do not come back home healthy again anymore. And they have extraordinary stories to say of what suffering they've had along the way. And this is probably India's largest exodus of people uh, since our independence. I don't think the independence had so many people coming back to. So it's about people coming back in trains without, uh, who have not survived, many who passed away in, in transit and who have reached home and not been able to survive. So this has been suffering of a massive scale without food, uh, of, of families being divided. And, and I think the greatest opportunity I see is that it's opened up the question of spirituality, where pe- the hunger for people to understand the unknown and to seek for God, I think it's just opened up completely. So these are some of the extraordinary tragedy situations. We have hunger, we have migrants who are stuck in cities, not able to come back home. And then we have a government which is trying to respond, a system that's trying to respond, which is, which is completely inadequate at this time. So this is, this is, this is what we're seeing uh, before our eyes here in my country. Mm. No, many brothers and sisters in the West who may be listening to this podcast uh, understand the idea of unemployment but think of unemployment in stages of, well, you may not be able to continue to, to pad your bank account or to be able to provide for your family in the next several weeks. Uh, I think the, the, what we want to understand is that for many of these day laborers, uh, not being able to work means not being able to eat that day. It means not being able to provide adequate needs. And I know for many in the West, that is, that is a foreign concept, but it is a real reality that is happening. And not just in India, but in other countries as well. Um, you know, Brother Daniel, if, if you'll start, help us to know, you know, what are the, visit, bi- the biggest physical needs that you see happening right now that you've been able to, uh, to help with? One of the biggest needs is to provide for food for those who would not survive the next following day if that meal was not provided. That meal is the hope for the next day. So we've been providing meals, uh, like two-week packages for them and uh, so that they can survive that, that hunger, that starvation episode. But also, I think the other big part is, I think, connecting them with another, uh, with, a, with, a, with a support system so that we don't have to continue to provide for them. So we've been that stopgap to connect them with other resources so that they're able to stand back on their feet. So hunger is a huge issue. The other being also of people who've been walking. And how do we provide support for people who are 21 days, 28 days on the road without food, without water? And for people who are not willing to carry anything because they have to carry that and walk. So even if you give them rice or any other uh, support, they don't want to carry it because they can't carry it. Their their one uh, passion is to get home. That's the only one objective. And now, so for them to hunt for food on the way and also to protect themselves so that they're not hunted by others who who are looking at them as possible targets of people who are bringing in COVID-19. So for them, protection for themselves trying to find their way home. And most of them don't have a GPS or do not have a phone that can tell them their way home. So they're trying to navigate, ask people, stay on the busiest lane so that they're not attacked by other people. Same time trying to find food and water. So that's that's an extraordinary situation where people are, that's that's a huge need 
food for daily people to eat, protection for people to get back home. And once they get back home, the, 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 the way, the process for them to have a re-entry into their home. Otherwise, they would not be accepted by the community. So all of the, these are extraordinary needs. One hidden part is the women and children, where children being the greatest liability at this time, where for being for food or finding jobs or having child protection, and for women who have to compromise all of their health, all of their other, other basic needs so that their, their family can be kept alive. So it's an extraordinary situation. Look at, look at a hundred people, in hundred people, look at about 20 people who would say that I am fighting for my, my next meal. So that's the kind of situation we see on the ground here. Brother Alex, I know that you and uh, your sweet family have been serving for many years uh, with your mission called Everett Mission. And part of that mission is to care for uh, orphans and to care for children. Uh, who don't have the nurturing stability of a home. How have you seen those children affected, not just at Everett Mission, but around the country? I'll start with this word. Uh, 24 days before I went to this checking center when, where all these migrant workers are brought into the district in our region where they are checked. And in the middle of the night, two o'clock, I was there because... Uh, Few of the missionary kids studying in South India came and uh, because God's great, we have some influence with the government administration right now. They approached me to come and help them. When I went there, I seen 600 to 700 people at that uh, checking center. Mm. Mostly children, mostly students and crying, saying we don't have food for three days, four days. Mid of the night, I had some ready-made foods. It's called stuffed rice, uh, moody, and biscuit packets. We could go. We could go and distribute that. Our concern was, as I, as uh, people know, that the reason we live is known for most trafficking, because children trafficking is huge in this area. Even. The past government chief minister used to come to a place called Litipada in Pakur, where most of the trafficking was taking place. And now when there is no food, when there is no job, uh, it becomes very heavy on our heart to ensure the safety of those children. Mm -hmm. And uh, if I back my uh, camera, we, we have started buying equipments uh, that... Uh, we could uh, we could sanitize our schools or community where the children are staying uh, that they stay safe mm. and that they are not trafficked because not only food uh, jobless will bring human trafficking child trafficking in a large amount i have sent you a video in your whatsapp uh, that is the concern of most of the eastern region those who are working world vision and different organization, the child trafficking, human trafficking is the biggest uh, hurdle right now. So, and for when it comes to children, schools are closed. So what we are doing, we are, uh, there is a organization in India called Piramal Foundation and they have a method of call center. So we are providing online counselings and things from the district level uh, for the children, uh, those who are not able to go to school, staying home, not coming out of home, 
so we provide them uh, telephonic counseling whatsapp counseling helping them that they stay safe at home but now as india has started unlocking their lockdown uh, the children safety is the biggest concern not only food their health is also one of the biggest concern uh, their being in the village is a big concern because you know when family does not have a food they send their children uh, for work any kind of work labor work slave work so that is one of the biggest concern right now our ministry has brother daniel i know that another need outside of physical and obviously protecting children from trafficking has been emotional and mental anguish of people uh literally when you can't eat or you've been on the road trying to get back home uh or you see the the lockdowns around you it brings mental anguish and i know that through your ministry you've been able to provide counseling you've been able to provide support can you talk a little bit about the mental and emotional needs the day that the lockdown was announced in about one week we approached the administration if they would partner with us in launching a hotline counseling line hotline that would be dedicated towards covid-19 response and the administration went through a vetting process and they agreed and i would say that this has been one of the most strategic work that we've done where this line a hotline which has become a number where people have called in and have been at the most desperate point shared one of some of the most hardest difficult things that they're going on this has become a way for people to address what what's going on in their lives to talk about situations where they are in lock where they're stuck in a city outside the state they've been able to talk about situations where where they try to go back home uh, it's been a red zone it's been a containment zone and they're not able to go in and then their families and they've called and we've assisted them with this has been quarantine calls have come in distressed husband wife situations have come in suicide calls have come in so this line has been a source of inspiration support for thousands of people uh over over the last uh, over the last two months and this continues to serve today as as the line that people would call in to have so we just don't have only for our state we have from many other states people are calling to to talk about it i think the mental health i think is a issue where i think we're talking about christ living in us and being the prince of peace and and i think god has given us all an extraordinary ability to be able to listen to people mm. and hear their problems and be able to we cannot openly pray for them or share christ but in just waiting and walking that journey with them enabling them to cross over this covid-19 uh pandemic situation that that we all are in so this line has been a tremendous support and has been a lifeline for everybody in this area Mm. Amen. Yeah. Well, yeah. Brother Alex, I know uh from walking life with you and 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 doing things together that many times um you have had hardship uh because of your faith. Um and uh during this time the Lord has actually opened up opportunities for you that had not existed before. Can you talk about some of the ways the Lord has uh given you opportunities that are new opportunities during this pandemic? And uh while serving food, one of the media guy came and told me, "Corona brought you guys together." And to 
come in down i said no we were always together and he meant it because i was we are working with abvp akhil bharatiya vidyarthi parishad it's an uh, uh, anti christian group and this is a student wing they are the one who are most violent against christians mm. during this uh, covid 19 i would say they had the privilege to work with us as a they knew us they knew that we were christian ministry and still in my school they have their flag they are still working with us and every day news it's going that abvp and everett mission charitable trust working together give me an opportunity to work with those young guys to let them know what is christianity all about what are, what is about unconditional love the poor and needy uh, ministry of, and those things it was a privilege for my number they talk and uh, they come together and uh, after one uh, once in a week uh, uh, during this uh, we are having a, a meal together special meal together day and night they are at my home so this has opened a very a wonderful way maybe only for this season but we are happy that uh, god enabled us to show them what is reality what real christ love is what is uh, uh, the true love and hope which we find in christ amen brother daniel i know as well uh, in places that you live uh, there are many who don't have access to the hope that we have that have have never heard the name of Christ preached um and that's a, a a need not just in in your country but around the world but how has the lord opened up opportunities for you to access places that you've been trying to access for many years this is being for us because we have uh, we is uh, these are people have no access to the gospel there is no known christian presence active christian presence in these people groups and we've been trying different strategies like uh, to through uh, computer training centers uh, girls sewing stitching program ag- agriculture programs different events to build trust to build a bridge in these communities so that they would know who we are and who we believe in and build an identity but this covid-19 has achieved in just 2 months what we tried for 3 to 4 years we've just been able to build so many bridges with them of love one of the reasons ngos do not go many of the institutions don't go to assist agencies don't go to assist is because of the fear of corona um, one of the things that overcame right in the beginning is that means that there is something very unique and extraordinary about them so in doing this we were able to win the hearts of people and build bridge and to build uh, trust with them and that trust has become a way that we can share christ with them freely in ways that don't have to be intimidating or have to be pressurizing but in a way that they would invite us to share about christ so i think those bridges are built uh, we have we have and uh, one important thing that covid 19 has done i think i'm talking and i think this this will stay forever i think we had in the last 25 years the church i think has lost its credibility in nation building 
Always Christians have been looked up to as people have built the country. Every institution that stands, about they say about 83, 83 to 87% of all the schools that are run in the country, the best schools are all Christian schools. Our hospitals, our schools, our training institutions, all of them have built credibility that Christians are the best. They serve a nation building. I think there's been a trust deficit in Christians in the last 25 years. I think we have re regained that in the last two months. The other big thing it's done is I think it's every Christian institution has come into the main platform and has had 100% visibility. I know of agencies very personally who have, who have taken this on and have visibility because of their commitment to serve the poor and, and every institution that oppressed Christians talk about the IT, which is the, which is the accounting departments of the country, talk about uh, the law enforcement, every institution that oppressed Christians or, or, or we used to oppress them today for the faith and their faith was expressed in serving and caring for those who were hurting. And so there was no, and in fact, I think that for the first time I've seen in my last 20 years of ministry, government write to Christian agencies and say, there was an official, even last week, again, there was another official invitation asking every single NGO in the country to respond to the need, assist government, government reinforcing and affirming the position of Christian agencies in the grassroots level. The only, I think the first time Christians use the word grassroots, grassroots, I saw that same word in the government uh, government letter to the to the agencies saying you guys know how to work at the grassroots. You have great connections. Use that to help us, assist us, and they've invited us to walk the journey with them. So this just shows the credibility that we've regained. We've lost in 25 years how we're regaining that position of trust, of credibility with the government in nation building. So that's the awesome place that has come back again to us. Amen, brother. And for those of you, I would give you an example. Okay. I would give you an example. The Senate, who gave us very hard time uh, before COVID-19, in which Arkan has announced uh, uh, three special projects and things uh, for uh, migrant workers as uh, laborers. It gives a guarantee of uh, 100 days job in a year. Uh, Brother Alex, why don't you uh, start? Why don't you just start that from the beginning? Uh, I was saying. I can give you an example, the same administration who was giving hard time to us, but during COVID-19, they collaborated with us and even uh, they were so happy with us. Last Wednesday, we had a meeting with the government. The government of Jharkhand has announced three special projects for the migrant workers, which gives uh, 100 days job guarantee in a year and they will be paid per day $3 like 220 rupees, something like that. And being a civil society organization, they have requested us to monitor that with the government authorities uh, to make sure that those projects uh, gets implemented and the migrant workers as well as local workers staying in a, uh, rural parts gets job uh, in honest way that there is no corruption uh, while doing all those things. So what Brother uh, Daniel was sharing is that government is now seeking help of the ministry whom they didn't like a few days before. Well, I can attest to the good work that the Lord is accomplishing 
through the efforts of both Brother Daniel and Brother Alex. And even before we joined together, uh, when both of them logged on, they were taking their masks off from being out in the community and serving. Uh, the Lord has accomplished so much through uh, these men and the, the ministries and the organizations that they serve. And it is a privilege uh, of the Lord to be able to know these men, to be able to witness what the Lord is doing through them, uh, and to, to even be in a relationship. And so I want to encourage those that are listening to this podcast uh, that this fight uh, for hunger relief, this fight for helping people with their mental and emotional needs, this fight against human trafficking, uh, this fight uh, for uh, caring for the migrant worker, as well as these opportunities are ongoing and these brothers continue to need support to be able to do the work that the Lord is opening for them. And so certainly we would invite you to continue to give through Lifeline's COVID-19 uh, global response and want you to know that some of that response has been able to, to be invested into these men and into their ministries, into what the Lord is doing. And that's just a small part uh, because ultimately we know and have seen that these brothers have been so faithful. Uh, the moment that the lockdowns occurred, they were leaving their homes and using the resources that they had to help those that were in need. And so we're grateful for these brothers and we just ask that you continue to support them. The road uh, past this pandemic is, is long and it will be hard for their nation. Uh, it's not going to end in a moment. Uh, unfortunately, it will continue to go on. And so as we close, uh, starting with you, Brother Alex, will you tell us at how can people be praying for you, for Everett, uh, Everett Mission, as well as for your country and your city? Uh, we would appreciate the prayer for uh, safety of our family as well as of mine as I leave home every day uh, to serve those migrant workers and uh, and uh, uh, the needy. So our safety is much concerned. To be very honest, today I went and did my health insurance also. This is the first time in my life I have taken my health insurance and that's today. And uh, uh, regarding Everett Mission and the ministry, we were sustained by our two schools. But for during lockdown, both schools are shut down, but we have to pay the rent. We have to pay the salary to teachers and the staff. And um, uh, we have to take care of the orphan children and their needs. Uh, uh, because during lockdown, we are giving them some extra job of uh, craft and musics and things. So it the expenses are high. Uh, pray for those things that uh, we don't want to go in depth. We are already in little depth because uh, our income source was school and school is shut down. We are not able to take peace, uh, things like that. That is something uh, a personal uh, ministry needs. But apart from that, uh, uh, COVID-19, uh, we are planning to buy some more machines and... Uh, uh, a sanitizer, liquid sanitizer that we could sanitize uh, the home of poor people because rich people they can afford, but the poor people they cannot afford. We would like to go and uh, sanitize their homes 
at least once a week or once a month and go to the government school because mostly all the poor children study there and uh, you can't always uh, know what's happening there so it's best i don't know how many schools but we are targeting that we could go to few schools and uh, sanitize those school every day uh, that children stay safe uh, because we heard a news of israel how uh, school children uh, are uh, quarantined because of the covid in school and uh, if it comes to india the larger population of india is our children and uh, it is our responsibility to take care of those children save them and counsel them so keep that in prayer uh, specifically for the children of our country and our region especially brother daniel how can we be praying for you your ministry and your city so i think we we need prayer i think prayer is the one key that opens all the doors and uh, we just see god working in amazing ways where he is opening the doors of influence uh, of acceptability of giving us grace as our leaders work across the government agencies ngos uh, local administration so i think we need prayer for one of the things we are asking god is uh with all of the leadership teams as we work we need to we have to we have to go past many many different layers of leadership so god would continue to give us that favor we need uh with the administration the other big thing i think is that is that the volunteers that are being invited in to serve at different points i think there is a fear of burnout uh they because there's always firefighting that's happening for example if there is if there is a there's a need for some pickups for some people it can be at 12 at night it can be 5 in the morning so it's a huge uh, burnout chance for these volunteers so we we have to keep just not their motivation level high but we also have to monitor if they are resting enough or not so for across the board for all of those people who are serving we need tremendous grace from god that we can monitor them and care for them so there's no burnout and on the other side i think there's constant change in what our responses need to be because i think th- this is a moving board of the of the situation the needs are constantly changing the 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 needs remain but some of them serve some of the important priorities surface at different times and so we are invited by the government to support at different levels and so which means that we need to sometimes help with migrants on the road sometimes with uh, helping with containment zones sometimes help with finding people who need to come back into the institution like quarantines to find uh, so the the constant uh, you know response that we have to make we have to at all the time be war ready which is uh, which, which is battle ready which is which is a very uh, the government is asking us to do that because there is no there's no other way so what sponsors are are becoming statewide benchmarks now of our counseling systems of our of our recommendations for quarantines for food distribution systems so most of them come these are becoming benchmarks that people would constantly referring to as being so and this this is a great pressure for people to be able to respond correctly we just need grace and so that we can care for our volunteers efficiently and of course god has given us god has given us through you the resources to provide for those relief so i'm grateful to you and i would invite everybody else to bring some to give to give our free heart as god would lead you because we need your help at this time but everything we put in actually is able to lift the flag of jesus christ higher and higher and so that is the greatest joy that we can take away that we are lifting the name of christ higher 
and this this covid 19 would help india to get to become closer a step closer to becoming where all people hear about jesus christ so that's the, that's the greatest joy that we're taking away from this amen brother and uh, we are so blessed by these two dear brothers and uh, are grateful for their time and and like i said to join us here uh, both were coming in from serving uh, serving people in their communities, leading their teams to serve people. Um, and these are in networks. These are the leaders of these networks, which are going out and feeding and clothing and helping and, and wrapping around. And so let's pray to the Lord for them. Uh, let's pray to the Lord for their safety, for their wisdom, uh, for peace, for perseverance, and for continued open doors. And, and I hope that certainly we have not missed uh, what the Lord is doing through this pandemic by opening up doors that have been closed for years, for decades, for giving opportunities uh, that were not there for before the COVID-19 pandemic. And so let's pray that these doors have been opened would stay open for gospel advancement and for the sake of the gospel of Christ Jesus to spread. So we're grateful for these men. We're grateful that you have listened. And again, please look towards uh, Lifeline Children's Services for our COVID-19 global response so that you can become a part both prayerfully and financially of the work that the Lord is doing through both of these men and their ministries. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.